0: rest of the year. Making the most of the rest of the year. And our passage is from Philippians chapter 2 and verse 16. Philippians chapter 2 and verse 16. says, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Neither labored in vain. You know, Pastor was telling us that many, of all, many would, you know, not us in Jesus' name, many would end, you know, this year and realize that the things that they've, you know, set, the purposes, the goals that they've set, they were not able to achieve it. And it's not because um, there was no opportunities to have achieved it, you know. But a lot of things hindered them and even sometimes they themselves hindered themselves from doing that. But Ephesians chapter 5 from verse 14 to 18 says, Wherefore he said, Awake thou that sleepeth, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectively, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. So I want to look at your neighbor, say, Awake Awake, Awake. arise. In our own days, it's called G-Masun. Yes, that's what it's called. That's what it's trying to tell us here. That we should awake, we should not sleep, we should arise. For the days, the times are evil. The days are evil. And we have to redeem the time. You know, and Pastor was saying that redeem is made up of two words, re and dim. Which means that we should make the time our own. We should own that time. We should own the time. And for us to do that, to redeem, is to fulfill a pledge or promise, you know, to convert it into value. That when we look back at the next, um, at the end of the year, when we look back, we realize that we have gotten value for that time that God has given us. He also said that um, what does it mean to make the most of the year? It means to make a difference in the remaining days of this year that your life makes a difference you know that you break records that you achieve that landmark you know so those are one of the accomplish all the things that you have set, you know all the things that god has instructed you to do you know you do them to achieve the expected results you know so those are one of the things that will you know the things that will show that we've made the most of the year you know and and the, the, the value of that is actually time. It's time that we will use in making, you know, value. That we look at, like somebody has lived 20 years now. And you look back like, what is this 20 years, you know, in my life? You know, to look at the value of that time. And for us, is the remaining days of this year. And Pastor was telling us about the biblical steps in making the most of the year. Who can tell me the number one if you were taking notes? What was the number one that the pastor said forget the past forget the past It says from Isaiah 43 from verse 18 to 19 it said remember ye not the former things Isaiah chapter 43 from verse 18 to 19 remember ye not the former things neither consider the things of old behold I will do a new thing say the Lord will do a new thing the Lord will do a new thing in my life the lord will do a new thing in my life so we must forget the past pastor was telling us that if moses did not forget the first 40 years of his life there's no way he would have come to lead the children of israel because when he the the first 40 years he was a prince in egypt you know and even murdered someone in the process of that that was why he ran away if he didn't forget all that has been done he wouldn't have come back and then leave you know, lead the children of Israel. He also told us about Joseph, forgetting what his brothers did for him, you know, setting him up into slavery. And also about Saul, murdering, you know, the Christians and all. And at the end of the day, he ended up um, writing about to third of the New Testament. So we need to forget the past. Things to forget. He talked about past failures, hurts, disappointments, you know, limitations. What's the number two thing And forget review and reassess your life review and reassess your life you know a lot of people do birthdays and we don't get to you know just check and say okay what is this some people just celebrate that it's all about the cakes the pictures you know but it's important and one of the things pastor has taught me is that it's not just about your birthday it's as, it's as good as every week what happened last week what happened today? You know, we're about to enter into a new week now. How, what happened last week? What am I supposed to review, you know, to get better for this new week? You know, so we have to always have a review, reassess our lives from time to time. You know, and there were some questions, pastor spoke about. What do you need to change? What do you need to start doing, stop doing? What do we need to do more of? What do we need to do less of? What do we need to be more responsible about for our results? You know, so those are one of the things. The third thing pastor spoke about is focusing on our priorities. Focusing on our priorities. And the other of priorities he gave us was that God and his kingdom should take number one place as priorities in our lives. The next thing is you. You. Because there was one time I was reading um, when we were talking about how we should love our neighbor. Who can quote that verse of the Bible for me? He said, love your neighbor as yourself so which means god expects us to love ourselves first before we can give that love to a neighbor if you don't love yourself you can't love your neighbor it's just you know and a lot of people, you might think that you love yourself you know but to understand loving yourself that means your mind you understand your spirit yourself understanding that before you can give that love you have to value who you are first and the third on the list of priority is marriage and family and the next is work. He emphasized how marriage and family is more important than our work. And then our finances. Then our social life, which is valuing relationships. Hallelujah. says we should protect our priorities from other people's priorities and ideas. You know, there are people that, you know, they, they, is other people's things they carry on their head. And if you look at their lives... We are not seeing, you know, results for themselves and all of that. So we have to prioritize, you know, ourselves, prioritize our ideas. And then we can be able to be of value to others. Because most times, if our lives are not of value, you know, it's even hard for people to listen to you. It's hard for anybody to want anything to, you know, from you to be added to you. So let's prioritize it so that we can have value to give. So this morning, I'll be starting from number four which is find and follow God's plan for your life. Find and follow God's plan for your life. This is the number four practical biblical principle to making the most of the rest of this year. Find and follow God's plan for your life. Let us open our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 17. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 17. It says, Wherefore, be ye not unwise but understanding what the will of the lord is be ye not unwise but understanding what the will of the lord is john chapter 2 and verse 5 john chapter 2 and verse 5 john chapter 2 and verse 5 it says his mother said unto the servant whatsoever is said unto you do it this is at the point where the mother of jesus wanted jesus to turn water to wine you know so he was saying whatever whatever he says to you do it we we have to be 100 percent certain you know about the things that god will have us to do even when pastor taught us about goal setting you know he always tells us to do it prayerfully Yes, we have plans, we have things that we want to do, that we want to accomplish in the year. But he's always very specific about that, that even while you're writing it, make sure you're praying, make sure you're talking to God about it. And asking God, you know, that what would you have me do? What would you have me do? Because success begins when and where you know what God wants you to do. You know the will. You know, because there's nothing like being sure that this is what God wants. Because there's a there's some level of um, confidence that comes with it when you know that this is it. Success is sure because you are settled in your spirit. You know that this is what God wants you to do. You know, and I remember Pastor made the illustration about that driver that was um, about the person that was following the driver because there was traffic, and then the driver just got to his house and parked. You know, the person that was following him, he wasn't sure. He just assumed that ah, this person was. Because of the general assumption that, you know, all these drivers, they know the corners and all of that. He did that and ended up getting to the man's house. Knowing the man's house, you know, that not being his plan. So in the journey of life and destiny, it's better to be sensitive than to be sensual. It's better to be sensitive than to be sensual. Let's open our Bible to Acts 21. Acts chapter 21 from verse 10 to 13. Acts chapter 21, from verse 10 to 13. It says, And as we tarried there many days, there came down from Judea a certain prophet named Agabus. And when he came up unto us, he took Paul's girdle and bound his own hands and feet and said, Thus said the, Lord, the Holy Ghost. So So shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man that owneth his girdle and shall deliver him into the hands of the Gentiles. And when we heard these things, both we and they of that place besought him not to go to Jerusalem. Then Paul answered, what mean ye to weep and to break my heart? For I am ready not to be bound alone, but also to die at Jerusalem for the name of the Lord. So we have to be sure, because on the journey of life it's better to be sensitive. You know, Paul was, was so sure, even though a prophet was there, and the Bible says that this Agabus, you know, he had given prophecies that had come to pass, so he's not a fake prophet. You know, and Paul also knew that these were the things that were going to happen to him, but he was so sure that that was where God wanted him to be. So we have to be sure. We have to be sure. In Genesis 26, where Isaac had to leave You know, wanted to leave because of farming, you know. But God told him that his plan is for him to stay where he is. Stay where you are. Stay where you are. You have to know at every point in time that is this where God wants me to be? Is this what God wants me to do? Are these the things, you know, that God will have me to do? And the beautiful thing is that it's not all the time that, um, you know, because God told Abraham to leave and God told Isaac to wait. You understand so the instruction for Abraham was not the instruction for Isaac so we cannot copy and paste it, you know and say uh, because it happened for sister so 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 like this it will happen for me too like this you can be in the same field you can be in the same industry and the way God wants to lead you will be different from the way God is leading the other person so we have to be very sure of the things that you know we want um, we, we want to get from God his directions is leading for our lives if you look at 2 Samuel chapter 2 and verse 1, it says, And it came, to pass, it came to pass after this that David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up unto any of these cities of Judea? And the Lord said unto him, Go up. And David said, Whither shall I go? And he said, Unto Hebron. He first asked, Shall I go up into any of these cities? God said, Go. Why didn't God just say, Go to Hebron? But David did not assume. He still asked which one which of them which of these cities should i go to you know and looking at the life of david the way he was anointed as a boy you know that was just leading ships i know you would think that the fact that he has been anointed as king was a sure thing because this was something that happened in the front of all his brothers you know it wasn't that god anointed him secretly god anointed him openly yet it was obvious that if the leading of the Lord was not on the life of David, it might not have been king. It might Because at every step of the time, you know, he was always asking God. He was always, you know, where should I go? What should I do? What step, you know, should I take? It's for this reason that the, the calling of God upon David's life was achieved. So if you are someone here that you already know that ah, this is God's purpose for my life, you are sure already, you are not in doubt of it. The most important thing is you still need the how from God. Now, how is this purpose going to come to pass in my life? How is this purpose going to be, you know, how am I going to live in the reality of this purpose of God for my life? You know, so if we don't do that, we're just, you just, it's like you just have a, you know, a tag on your life that, okay, the prophecy, the purpose, everything is just a tag on your life. But because you don't know how. You don't know how it's going to happen. You don't know, you know, there are a lot of times that I just, I've, I've, I was, you know, exposed to purpose from a very young age that, you know, you need to find a purpose for your life. You need to know what God wants you to do. You can't do, you can't be here. You can't just know that one thing, and your life will be easier. Your life will be, you know, so, and I started praying about it, that God, what is it? You know, what is this thing that you, and I can do plenty of things. People that know me, I can do plenty of things. Like, some sometimes my husband will just run down for me. You know, because there's no... I'm just someone that likes to try my hands on things. Doesn't I mean that? Because like now I make yogurt, I make granola, I write, I, you know, I tell, if I tell you a story, just mouth like this, you know, not a of and I write it, you know, I can, I can edit, I'm a camera person, look, so many things that I can do, but I looked at it, so which one, you know, because the fact that you can do plenty things, you know, is not a guarantee that you should now do everything because Everybody has just 24 hours. Everybody, whether you are poor, whether you are rich, whether you are young, whether you are old, we all have just 24 hours. And you cannot share yourself, you know, in all these things. And there's nothing like just being exact, you know. I can even sing. I used to be in choir. You understand? Before, pastor says, okay, you know. So I'm like, ah, is he singing? And there was a time in my life, you know, Thank you, Holy Spirit, because she just reminded me about it. I used to think that I'm going to wax record, like I'm going to have uh, mui you know, I was and I would just put it there that I would sing and, you know, and for that time of my life, I believed it because I believed that I was called to worship, you know, and it just, sometimes purpose can also evolve. understand that's what i wanted to mention purpose can also evolve because i realized that for that time of my life i did it it diligently like i was in choir i had a group in school you know we're called anointed voices like you know i had a group in school and we will sing we will go minister because i really believe that the lord called me to worship but as i grew in my relationship with god i realized that yes the lord called me to worship and worship is not just about holding mic and singing it's a life of worship you know but that happened in my work with god you understand it didn't, ha- it didn't just happen like you know that I now said that okay so god was lying at that time it was to the level at which i could download that information from god that i understood it to and i applied it and as i continued so that's why this work of purpose this work of knowing what god wants you to do is a personal work you cannot take someone's life and say you want to do. that. Anybody that heard me, you know, in school, then you know they were just expecting that ah, we will call you to our church. Ooh, you know, when are you bringing? My friends then, you know, who still ask me now that ah, when are you releasing songs? I said I release song every morning, in the presence of God. You understand? Because I now know that. Every one of us as Christians, we are called to a life of worship. Our life at work, our life as a mother, as a husband, as a child, you know, is a life of worship to God. Everything you're doing in that marketplace, that life you are called to is a life of worship. We should be worshiping God in everything that we're doing. So, now I know that I'm a storyteller. I've been called into the media industry, you know, as a horn, like I'm a gate. Don't worry, if you don't know, you will soon know. You know, I just to say that you understand so you need to know that place and and own it own it for yourself own it for yourself so much that look at paul look at that verse we read act no matter what the prophets were saying to him you know they were saying this is what will happen to you this is, it, is it, why are you people crying is it you that they want to go and kill there it's me now and i know that that is where god wants me to be you need to know that for your life, that purpose, you need to know it like that. That even when things, situations are happening, you still know. You know, you are not, you are not now pet that, ah, are you sure God said something like this with all these bad, bad things that is going on? You know, you are not perturbed because you are sure. And nobody can be sure for you. Look at the things that happened in David's life. Look at the way they were chasing him from one wilderness to the other wilderness. You know, it's, it's even okay to, for him to have said, are you sure? Is not granite oil that Samuel was pouring on my head and not an anointing oil for kingship. You know, if you look at the things that happened to him. But he knew. He knew. Even Jonathan that knew that his dad was after him told him that you, I know that you, you are the king. And me, I'm going to come after you. So you have to know beyond reasonable doubt that this is what God has called you to. And these are the things that God would have you do, you know. It says that um, in the book of Philippians chapter 2 and verse 15, it says that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. You don't want to live a life that, you know, the the thing they call midlife crisis is people that have looked back eh, and all the goals, all the dreams, everything that they should have done, they find themselves in 50, especially when they don't even have Christ. You know, because with Jesus, it can still happen, no matter how, you know, late it, but I'm trying to explain what that midlife crisis is. When you look back, and you find out that the things that you should have done, you have not done them. You look at where you are now, and you are somebody that, you know, you used to, you know, and I, like, like I said, as I was growing up, I used to tell my siblings that, ah, I'm going to, I write stories, I'll say, read, 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 you know, and there was a time my junior brother just said, when we all these stories, read, when will you make them safe? You know, because that was how bad, you know, that I talked about these things that I wanted to do. I was telling everyone that needed to listen, you know. But when he started saying that to me, telling me that, when will you start making, or did you all be writing, writing, writing? When will it come to fruition? I said, God is here in you. God is here you. Because I did not, I didn't lose hope that at that time of my life, I had not been able to, you know, push these things that God has given to me out. You know, and now I'm I'm so thankful because... I'm, I'm ready for the tsunami. I'm ready for what is coming. That Because I have written. I have plenty. So even when I'm talking to people, they're like, by the time I finish telling you this, I have another one. By the time I tell you, and they are all wild. Now you can imagine if I had gone out before my time. When would I have had the time to, you know, Do all those things and all of that. So you need to be ready. And the only way to be ready is that you are sure of that thing and you are working in that thing already. Whether the the expression, you know, the Bible says we're going to show forth. You know, whether that time of showing forth has come or not, you are sure. You are already showing forth. You know, and there was one thing Pastor said that greatness is not you know greatness is not when you are seeing that person being great even before the person started winning awards even before the person started you know getting the recognition you must be great already before the acknowledgement the acknowledgement is just coming to testify that yes we acknowledge that you are great but if you are not great already before anybody knows you do you understand it's not the day they give you the award that people are now say oh mrs May won an oscar it's gonna happen you know, it's not that day. Do you understand? I know that I am Oscar material. Do you get It's not then that I will know. So, you need to have that shorty. You need to have it by yourself. You know, so that we will not live vain lives. You can imagine. I, I want us to even read this. In Genesis chapter 5, from verse 17 to 27. Genesis chapter 5, from verse 17 to 27. You know in this in this chapter of the bible you know the, the bible will always say and this person begat this and that one begat this and his days was so let's read it together he says and all the days of meheleli can we read it together i can't hear you and all the days of meheleli were 895 years and he died And Jared lived a hundred sixty and two years, and he begat Enoch. And Enoch lived after, and Jared lived after he begat Enoch eight hundred years, and begat sons and daughters. And all the days of Jared were nine hundred sixty and two years, and he died. And Enoch lived sixty and five years, and begat Methuselah. And Enoch walked with God after he begat Methuselah three hundred years, and begat sons and daughters, and all the days of Enoch were three hundred and sixty and five years. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not, for God took him. And Methuselah lived a hundred and eighty and seven years and begat Lamech and Methuselah lived after he begat Lamech 780 and 2 years and begat sons and daughters and all the days of Methuselah were 960 and 900 years and he died. He is known as the oldest man that ever lived and all the Bible said about him was that he gave birth and he died. He gave birth and he died. And you know, the Bible says, he lived to the extent that God could not take it again. He took him. So what are they going to write about you? If you want to be very sensitive about it, just look at your parents, grandparents. Look at the way. It's, not, it's, it's, a, it's very humbling for me, anytime I think about it. That all there is is that they lived, they gave birth and they died. And if you're not careful, that's what's going to happen to you. That's what's going to happen to us. If we are not careful. You know, but we have to be very intentional that you can touch life, that people on the day that they'll be saying uh, Moe was born so, 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 yeah she died so, 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 yeah I don't want to see only my family members I want to see people that was blessed because I lived I want to see people's lives that are changed I want to hear that people will say oh, she walked with God do you understand? Because that was Enoch's testimony it's not that they born this, born this, born that some people are just born you know, in Africa that's what is known, you know, as that so these things don't just happen, you know it is for us to run so that we will not run in vain to waste our resources, we will not run in vain to live wasted lives we will not run in vain to live life as though celebrated by men but eventually not live to regrets you understand what I'm saying you know some people live other people's destiny because oh my friend is doing this uh, makeup and it's nice so you do not started doing the makeup and then you did that makeup for years and people knew you God is not talking about that you did not get known. Like people know that you were very good at it. Because like I said, I can do plenty of things. You were very good at it. Then you now got to a particular age of your life. Because being good at something is not where you will find the fulfillment in. Your your spirit will still be aching for that thing that you should really have done. And then you now get to a particular age of your you find out that, ah, I just wasted my life. You can imagine if Ronaldo was a newscaster. You understand what I'm saying? So, You should know, even though he could have, I'm sure he can speak English very well or something, you know, he could have been able to do that communications and do it well and do it excellently. Whereas, the glory was on the field. So we don't want to miss that and live a life in vain. So why people don't know what God will have them do and why most people will never know till they die? Why? Number one is disinterest. Disinterest, you know, not thinking about the eventualities of our lives. You know, we're just living, marry, born children, buy a house, buy a car, and that's it. You know, disinterest. Not thinking about, you know, the weight of our lives. See, as much as we all want to go to heaven, you get, we all want to go to heaven, you know, we don't want to go, nobody wants to go to hell. The most important thing that God is going to ask us, the most important question is how did you live this life that I've given you? How? How did you leave it? It's not that because you, you you did not sin, you did not commit sin, you were good. There's a reason why you are here. There's a reason why this leaf of life has been given to you. And if you did not find out and do it, is a big question. Is a, a big question. When they say you are going to be accountable, this is why what you are going to be accountable for. That this time that I've given you. You know, Pastor made a statement that God gave us this life. What we do with the life is the gifts that we give to God. So what are you going to... What is the When he asks you, I gave you the life. So, oh yeah, what did you use to give it back to me? What would it be? So it's important that we're not living, you know, we're not interested to know how. We need to know. We need to ask. We need to ask. We need to be concerned about the eventual turnout of our decisions. You know, the Bible says that... Um, even in Luke chapter 6, from verse 12 and, to 15, that Jesus prayed. He prayed, yet he chose a Judas. He prayed before he chose the disciples, yet he chose a Judas. He was saying that, you know, in, in that verse of the Bible from 12 to 15, at the, at the 15th verse, it say Matthew and Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simeon, called Zelote, and Judas, the brother of James. And Judas Iscariot, which also was the traitor. He prayed, yet he chose wrong. So how would we live our lives if Jesus can pray and still chose the he chose the Judas? Because the Judas could have come from any other. It doesn't have to be, you know, part of the twelve. Yet it was part of the twelve. So the number number two is pride. Number two reason is pride. Proverbs 16, verse 18 says, Pride goes before destruction and a hasty spirit before a fall. Pride goes before destruction. Pride is what makes you think, I know what I'm doing. You know, and you don't want to ask God. And that's what we do. We ask everybody. We ask everybody. Then we announce When he you know, by the time you start asking, 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 <laughs> the confusion will now come. And then when the confusion compound, when we get to situations like that, we now say, ah, oh God, eh, what do I do now? Whereas that should be the first person that we should have asked. That's why in order of priorities that pastor taught us, God is number one. God has to be number one. And when I say has to be, it's because I know some of us have not made God number one. That's why I'm saying God has to be. And whether we like it or not, God is number one. And He won't come a... Take, make me number one by force. We have, we are the ones that will give him that position. You know, pride is what makes it obvious. You know that failure as failures and non-achiever, they say to themselves. You know that I know better. I know better. I know better. See, no matter as much as knowledge is important, because that's another humbling thing that I I realized, that you can know so many things. You know, you can be knowledgeable. You can be but your results is what will show us that you truly know. It's not enough to know. But have you applied it? Have that knowledge produced results for you. You know, so when you are looking at pride, when you see yourself, you know, about even if I know something, I still open my mind my, my mind that let me hear. Because I might just learn something that I do not know. But if you are not in that place of humility that ah, I want to learn, I want to know more, I want to you would you will miss it. Because in the first place, your disposition is that I know better. So, and that is pride. Pride would not allow us to know what the will of God is for us. Look at Second um, Kings chapter five verse 11. 11, Second Kings chapter five, verse 11. It says, "But Naaman was wrought and went aw- away and said, "Behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand." and call on the name of the Lord his God, and strike his hand over the place, and recover the leper. This was Naaman. You know the story of Naaman. Do we know the story of Naaman? Alright, yes. I need to answer sorry. I know that we're we on the same page together. So, Elisha told him, go and dip yourself. You know, and he, he, he you know, he was a general. You get, he's like, ah, you know, come and, you know, show me you know, that you are a prophet and do, you know, just say, he sent someone to him. Elisha sent someone to him. He didn't even, you know, come out to him, to even attend to him. So pride would, would do that to us. If he didn't do that, if you like, let him get angry, as he was saying in this verse, and left. If he didn't have a change of heart, he would never have been healed of that leprosy. So pride is one of them. Another one is assumption of God's will. Assumption of God's will. Like I said, David never assumed. David never, ever assumed. Another one is extreme busyness. Extreme busyness. Extreme busyness. You know, so many things are taking our time today. The TV is not even a concern anymore because I can't remember me. I don't even watch TV do you get and a lot of us we hardly even have the time to sit down our phone is there social media is there internet is there friends are there you know how do you want to hear god how do you want to know the will of god with all those distractions it's going to be very very impossible for us to know god's will so we need to quiet ourselves we need to quiet ourselves and there's internal noise there's external noise you know internal noise are when we are worrying you know, when we are worried, when we have anxiety, or when you have unforgiveness towards somebody. You know, when you see somebody that you have not forgiven, you don't have to talk, but the dialogue is going on inside of you. Do you understand? So those are internal noise, so that I can break it down. Because when you say unforgiveness, and you're like, how is that a noise to me? That is how it will be a noise to you. You know, you even hear the person's voice. You might not even see the person. just that like you heard the person's voice, you know. You know, so resentment, worry, anxiety, and the external noise are all the social media, going to parties. Not that these things are bad, but it's to the extent as which we use them. We have to be in control of them, not that they are the ones, you know, controlling us. So the sixth thing, am I right? I'm on the sixth one, right? Fifth is internal and external noise. Extreme business is number four, assumptions of God's will is number three. So, number six is placing the opinions of men above the leadings of God. Placing the opinions of men. You know, people will tell you. There are many people that tell you, ah, you are good at this. People are telling you can, you are good at this. You are good at. As much as you are good at and good everywhere. You need to know that one. That one. That thing. You understand. Another thing is don't listen to. Don't take approvals. Approvals from people are awesome. It's good. You know, but make sure that your your approval is coming from your own place with God. Even when pastor will come and say something, do you understand? When pastor is saying it, let it be agreeing with what the Holy Spirit has told you. You know, pastor is very big on us being led by the Spirit. Make sure that you are led. If not, we will be victims. We will fall victims of false prophets. We will fall victims of... So, our inner witness is the most important way of being led by God. The, I think the seventh is an obsession with spectacular guidance. You can see the way he said it. That he should have just come out, do abracadabra, and then the leprosy will leave him. People that wait on things like that can't be led by God. He, God said it over and over again. That is a still, small voice. He says it over and over again. So Which means, if he is intentional about the still, small voice, he expects that we should be searching for the still, small voice. Because if it's still, if, you are in, if, if, you're, if you're in, your inner man is noisy, you serve externally. Everywhere is noisy. You can't hear him. You can't hear him. You can't know his leading. You can't know his will. And God will lead us, you know, he will lead us through our pastor, like I said, confirming the things that God has taught you, taught, um, instructed you, like Jethro. God led um, um, Moses through Jethro about delegation. He helped Esther to become queen through Mordecai. And Enoch also, he helped, the Enoch helped Esther to win the king's heart. So God will also use, you know, specific people to lead you. But most of the time, especially now that we have Christ, it needs to be in alignment with God's leading for us. So how do we know what God will have us do? How? How do we know? How do we know? Because that's the essence. We need to know what God will have us do. Let's be intentional. This third quarter of this year is our season of unprecedented favor. So how do we know the things that we will do that will give us access to this unprecedented favor? The number one thing is ask Him. Ask God. Ask us. Ask God. He said we, we, we do not have because we did not ask. So ask. Ask. Have you asked? And when you are doing, when you are taking these steps, if there's anybody you want to lie, you can lie to other people, but you should not lie to yourself. Ask and say, I want to have unprecedented favor. I want to have unprecedented favor. God, what should I do? You know? And God is not like our parents, that you ask questions. You know, like, even if you should start like this, to ask that question, you almost it's okay. It's okay. Go, go first. Go and come back. God is not like that. You can ask and ask and ask. He has the time for us, you know, to answer god is a question answering god he will answer those questions that we have in our hearts so we need to keep asking we need to keep asking and the answers will drop in your spirit. see while the bible says that let the word of god dwell in you richly is because so that when god speaks you can know if it is social media that dwells in you richly you cannot know so, you be a person of the word such that when God will speak to you, you will know that this one, Because will be in alignment with God's word. His leading is never outside his word. So, we have to, you know, ask him for his leading. The number two thing we can do is we need to pray extensively in the spirit. You know, before setting goals, before setting plans for a new season, we need to pray extensively. You say, how do I pray? Because when you pray extensively in the spirit, the Bible says that we are praying the will of God. We are praying the will of God. So before you even take pen to paper and say, I want to write the goals, I want to write the things for this next season, we have to pray. Just pray, spend time. And it's not something that you do do 10 minutes. You understand? When you know that these are the things you want to do, set time apart for that and pray in the spirit. So that then when you pick up the paper, then expect to be led. You understand? After you have prayed, you know you prayed in the spirit. Expect to be led as you pick your paper, as you pick your Bible, to start writing these goals down. Expect to be led, and it will lead. It will lead because, see, if you don't, um, if you don't believe, our our work of of faith is our work. Our Christian work is a work of faith. You have to believe. It's not as if the idea now drops in your spirit and say, "How do I know it's God? How do I know it's not myself?" How do I know it's not my brain? Do you understand? You start questioning it. But you have to approach it with faith in your heart. It's when you approach it with faith, when the idea drops, don't doubt it in your heart. Write it down. Because, you see, if you don't take those steps, do you understand, then the result now come. You now know that, oh, it's God that led me. But if you do not even believe it, that this idea dropping in your spirit is from God, you won't take the steps towards them. you understand? Because when the Lord has given us, we've received it in faith. What's faith? Eh? Who can define faith? Be be confident about it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So the substance of things hoped for. You know, you are going with your goals, with your plans that you are hoping that the Lord will, and He now gives you that word. That's your substance of things hoped for. You write it down. Eh, the evidence of things nothing. You now take steps to those things that you do not see to get them to be established in your life. The number three thing is you have to listen to the persistent promptings and nudgings of the Holy Spirit. You have to listen to it. Because like I said, it's a still small voice. It's a still small voice. The Holy Spirit is not going to, it's not a demon that will be, you know, hassling your mind. It will whisper it into your spirit. The first time you heard it, if you didn't do anything about it, it will come again. It will whisper again. It will whisper again. But trust me, that whisper will not continue like that. If you are not listening, you will keep quiet. He is not a sufferable spirit that will keep, He will whisper. So we are the ones that need to make ourselves available, you know, to hear the leadings of the Holy Spirit. The number three thing for us to do, to know what the will of God is and what God will have us do, is that we need to be flexible and willing to course correct when God tells us to do something. Just like I I told you that I believed that I was going to be singing like Snatch, like I'm going to be, you know, that's, and I believed it at that time. But when the Holy Spirit said, this was where he was taking me to, do you understand? The ability to not say no uh, by force, this is it, you get, this is what I'm, and to even know that it is time. You know, if you don't have the practice of working with God, you can't even know that God has moved. You won't even be aware that he has moved because you still You are still stuck to that particular one that you said, no, it's God. It's not as if God did not say. But it's a work. It's a work. The things that God would tell, the things I would tell my child now as he's a boy. is even from the kind of information I would give him when he's a man. You understand what I'm trying to say? So you need to be flexible. Open your mind to God and train your spirit to be in constant searching to know what God is doing. So now we can't be stubborn. We can't be stubborn, like I was saying, holding on to that. Who remembers Balaam and the Bible? You know, that God had to, the angel of the Lord was with sword, you know, in front of the donkey. And donkey had to talk before he could hear. So when pastor says that, if you see the spectacular, that God came, you know, God did all that. He's stubborn people. People that are really stubborn. So most of the time, the best way the Holy Spirit leads us is through our, the promptings of our spirits. So that's where to set. And the, the, the funny thing is that unbelievers, they are aware of this. They call it instinct. They say, my instinct told me and we as Christians that we're supposed to, the spirit of God is, we should be even more alive in us than any other person. We're not taking advantage of it. You understand? And the best way to do that is have times, have quiet times. I'm not talking about quiet times that we have in the morning. You know. When you want to make major decisions in your life, have quiet times with God. Have separation times with God. So we have to be flexible. We have to be flexible. It's very important. You know, don't be obsessive with a method. You understand? Don't say, oh, when I wanted to write an exam, this was how the Holy Spirit, you know, communicated to me so when i want to marry this is is the same way it must be the same way no david never assumed at every point in time so never assume so which means for you not to assume you know it's like having a relationship you know you always want to tell this person that this is what i'm doing or what do you think why didn't you assume that that's your friend do you understand we just the same thing he told you over the other decision is the same advice we give you but we don't assume. But because we're not living a life of faith, knowing that God is a person, that you also have to ask and say, God, what, what would you have me do this time? What would you have me do in this season of my life? You know, so we have to, we have to do that. We have to be flexible to God's leadings, to God's direction, and, and, and see, it's a faith walk. There's a particular verse of the Bible I can't give us now. It says, God is the father of spirits. Because that's who we are. We are just casted in this human body. But we have to consciously live in that understanding that we are spirits. We are spirit first. We have a soul and we live in a body. And the way God will communicate with us, it is through our spirits. There's this anonymous quote that says, you are either right or rich. But you can't always be both. You are either right or you are rich. You know there's some people that they just believe that what they are doing is right. You say, when you say either right or rich, it means that for the fact that he's rich, you know when a man is rich, we all know that he's rich, which means that we can see the result you get in his life to show that he is right. But you that you are right, you are not rich, you are right. There's no money in the pocket, there's nothing in the account. Do you get? So you are either right or rich. So make up your mind that you would rather live a life that is sensitive. Be intentional. Be intentional about it. Be intentional about it. Yes, we still have more points. But to finish the point, Sister Susan will be coming. Can we give God a big hand?
1: Hallelujah. Tell your neighbor, don't be stubborn. I hope that neighbor is not angry. Tell your neighbor, don't be stubborn. Hallelujah. So I'm going to be starting with the fifth way. Of making the most of the rest of the year. And that stop seeking confirmation and approval from men concerning what God has told you. I'll take that again. Stop seeking confirmation and approval from men concerning what God has told you. So we're going to be reading Galatians 1 verse 15 to 21. Galatians 1 15 to 21. We're all reading this together. Are we ready? Let's go. But when he pleased God, that's not everybody. We s- are we ready? Yes. Let's go. But when he pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the ethen. immediately I conferred not with flesh and blood, neither neither went i up to jerusalem to them which were apostles before me but i went into arabia and returned again unto damascus then after three years i went up to jerusalem to see peter and abode with him in fifteen days but other of the apostles saw i none save james the lord's brother now the things which i write unto you behold before god i lie not Afterwards, I came into the regions of Syria, Syria, yes, I'm correct, and Sicilia. Praise, Praise God. God. Hallelujah. I said yeah, that stop seeking confirmation and approval from men concerning what God has told you. Many of us, we just, I don't know if it's, if it's probably that we're scared of saying things and God reveals something to you. We are always very eager to want to go and meet that friend like, Ah, alpha, God showed me this thing. And then you go around talking to a lot of people and you don't even know the kind of spirit that they even carry. Hallelujah. We don't know the kind of spirit these people carry. And if, for example, God is telling you that by the end of this year, you're going to Dubai and you have friends that don't even have passports. And you're telling them, Oh, by the end of this year, I'm going to Dubai. Ah, God has said it and how how do you expect people like that to feel some of them let's not lie some of them they'll just like yes we are going to dubai but some of them they will still ask you how are you going to do it how much is in your pocket hallelujah paul said yeah he said that's that's in verse 16 he said it pleased him to let me see and know his son so that I could tell the good news about him to the non-Jewish people. I immediately prepared to do his work without asking for advice or help from anyone. So it is important for us to understand that when when God gives you a revelation, you hold on to it and ask God, what would you have me do next? In fact, I wrote down that wisdom says, when God gives you a revelation, you should even pray to God who would you have me discuss this thing with? Because there are times that it's not everybody you are supposed. We are supposed to share certain things with. For me, most of the time when I just hear something or I see something, I just go straight to Pastor because I know Pastor will never confuse me. And by the time I'm with Pastor, you just say something that and and and, and then it aligns with what God has shown me. So it is very important for us that we don't seek confirmation from from men god has said this thing is going to happen god has said it that it's a season of unprecedented favor you do not need to look at the situations around you you don't need to look at the economy you don't need to um, um, listen to your friends that are saying the country is hard kinikon, kinikon is going on Um, there's no fuel, There's scarcity nepal is not bringing light you know but you're supposed to stay on the word of god we are meant to Hold on to God's word. If he has said it's a season of unprecedented favor, then so be it. It's going to happen. So we have here, how do you avoid seeking confirmation from from men? Number one, get God's revelation and plans firmly rooted in your spirit before sharing it with the public. I'll take that again. Get God's revelation and plans firmly rooted in your spirit before sharing it with the public. You know, there are times, like I said earlier, God will give you sudden revelations. And if it's not deeply rooted in your spirit, whatever people around you are saying would wear off your, your attention on that word God has given you. Because if the word of God is not deeply rooted on the inside of you, the circumstances around you will make you lose focus. Tell your neighbor, don't lose focus. Don't lose focus. Tell your neighbor, don't lose, focus. don't lose focus. It is important that you let God's revelation be deeply rooted in your spirit. I have, for example, Paul didn't go, uh, um, um, to, he didn't go immediately to Jerusalem to announce to the apostles that ah, God has called me to the Gentiles. blah blah, blah. But he, he held on to God's word. Hallelujah. Amen. The next one, uh, uh, like I said earlier, the moment you know God's plan for your life, when you feel you need to talk to someone about it that can help your faith, you should ask God, who do I talk to? It is very important. We can't. You, you don't know it all. You don't know the right person you should talk to. That's why in the Gateway Church, we would always pray about um, discernment. God should be able to show you this is the right person I should go to about sudden revelation. The next one, it says, let what God told you take root in your spirit through meditation, vision but experience to what looks like what God has told you before talking to even your family members. Let what God told you take root in your spirit through meditation, vision, but exposure to what looks like what God has told you before taking it to even your family. Let's open our Bibles to Habakkuk 2 and verse 2. Everybody in church is meant to know that that scripture. Okay, let's read it together. And the Lord answered me and said, write a vision and make it plain upon tables that it might run that reads it hallelujah if you know you're a worker in this house and you don't have a vision board you know you're in a long thing because pastor would always talk about writing your having a vision board in your house there was a a video i saw one time of steve having that's one of the persons too that made me realize that having a vision board is a big deal so i just saw the video and he mentioned that He carries his vision board everywhere, on all his gadgets. In the house, he has a vision board, his tablet, his Mac, every gadget, his smartphone. So that when you, when when he just picks up his phone, the first thing that that is on his screen is his vision board. So he already knows, like, he's already a, a part of his life. He knows that, okay, in the second half of 2022, this is what I'm doing. Even when he's in the house, he's seeing it again. So there's no way you can forget. In fact, the vision board serves as a reminder to you that Babe, you have not done this thing. You have not achieved this thing. And you are meant to achieve this thing by the end of the year. So it is important for us to to know what God is telling us and to have a vision board. When God has revealed to you that, okay, by the end of the year, you're going, you're traveling out of the country or you're going to be doing this, you're going to be doing that. It is important that we have a vision board and you're right. A pastor would even tell us that we should have a pictorial representation. Okay, this is what God will have me do. Who has done this? What is that thing? For example, me there's a certain car that i want to buy that i like i just went to you know print it out it's at my entrance so when i'm going out i'm going to get this car i can't forget hallelujah the sixth one it says do whatever it takes to fulfill what god will have you do do whatever it takes to fulfill what god will have you do if you're going to make the most of the rest of the year you must be willing to do whatever it takes Legally, ethically, and morally, takes to fulfill what God would have you do. You, we, we all have to be willing. There has to be that restlessness in our spirits that the year is already running to an end, and I must achieve significant things. You should not be satisfied. We should not be satisfied with our current situation in life. It's not possible. That's not, that's not supposed to be the life of a believer you should let we should all let the vision of the church drive us and what's the vision of the church we exist to raise fully devoted followers of christ to become significant in life and marketplace why did i say that when you see that you're already slack ask yourself what's the vision of the gateway Church? i have to be significant it is very important that we we are not Satisfied with our current situation. I, I i looked up in a dictionary for the meaning of restlessness and it says, Restlessness is the unwillingness or inability to stay still or be quiet and calm. That means you should not be comfortable with your current situation. The news, the economy, let it not even move you. Your Our our faith should be on God's word. It's a season of unprecedented favor. And I would experience favor in every area of my life. No matter what is going on in the country, the word of God is meant to drive our spirit every now and then. Let's let's open our Bible to Proverbs 22 and verse 29. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 29. Let's read it together. Seest thou a man diligent in his business, It shall not stand before kings. It shall stand... Sorry. It shall stand before kings. It shall not stand before men. So you have to be that man or or woman. We all have to be that man or woman. That will not sleep until we get that work done. That's why I said there has to be restlessness in your spirit. Like when you see that, okay, you wrote in your... You wrote in your vision board like in three months I have to get this done, and you see that ah, it's already twenty-five. You should you should not be you should be ready that whatever it takes is either it happens or it happens. That's what is meant to drive us. Is that it happens or it happens. There is no better there's no better thing to say. It just has to happen. You have to be restless. You have to be ready to ensure that you are significant in life and the marketplace. Let's open our Bibles to Proverbs 6, 9, and, 9 to 11. Proverbs chapter 6, from verse 9 to 11. Are we ready? How long? Let's go together. How long will you sleep, O sluggard? When will you arise out from your sleep? Yet a little sleep a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep, so shall your poverty come as one that travels. And, and, I and I want as an armed man. Hallelujah. That will not be a portion in Jesus' name. Amen. Some of us that like to sleep, me, ah, me, I like sleep. I won't lie. I, I won't lie. Once the fan is just blowing me away well, at ah, the end. Do you understand? And Bible is telling us now that how long will you sleep? Some of us, I'm sure there are some people, some of us, yeah. yes, people that way. And after we did um, Red and pastor-led prayers for speaking in tongues in and some people have not tried it. Some of us have not tried it. If you have tried it, raise it, with your hand. Ah, to God be the glory. Some of us have. You know, then, it wasn't something that was, that appeared... Ah, she if it's pastor that is leading and I'm ready, I'm going to do the, the ginger was there it's pastor that is leading. And after code red, once you just see that alarm, 12 a.m. I'll just off it. That's I'm using myself as an example. I won't lie. Sometimes I'll just suffer. it, okay. I'll join 6 a.m. Six a.m. maybe I'm I'm, I'm awake by five because I wake up very early. By five I'm awake. I, I did my I've had my quiet time and all that. Then in six I'll say, okay, I'll join. I'll just start recalibrating ten recalibrate. Before I know it, me, I won't lie. I, recalibrate. I used to sleep like I used to sleep off because I realized that I'm not supposed to be praying in bed. So I realized that when I just joined recalibrate, thank you, Lord Jesus. I won't lie. Once you get to praying in tongues, ah, I wake up by seven. I won't <laughs> lie. So I have to like talk to myself, that guy. Once he's recalibrate, if you know it's 6 a.m. you want to join, just stand up. Just like I just have to stand up. Sometimes when I stand up and I sit down, I just close my eyes and be praying in tongues because I have noticed that when I pray in tongues, I don't sleep off. I can't pray when I'm sitting. I can't pray when, The only time I can pray for like five hours, six hours is on my knees. Once I kneel down, the pain will just be reminding me you have to continue praying. But if there is a comfortable situation, <laughs> hallelujah. Amen. Diligence is a basic requirement of the Christian faith. A lazy Christian is a contradiction to the faith. What was the first thing God gave man when he created man? So you have to be that person that we all have to be that man and woman that likes work. Don't run from work. Um, pastor, pastor has always told us that being useful is a good thing. When they are not using you, you are what? Ah, it's not an insult. I did anybody, we use our mouth to say it. Be, when when nobody is using you, you are just there, and everybody's is just greeting you, they are passing, and you are there. The only thing is, ah, yeah. Like, okay, even things that concern church. There are some of us that what we just do is, I bless God, God is good, and then your heart. There are some people that will come to me and say, Oh, Sister Susan, is there this thing? I feel like church can do this, can I do it? You should even give yourself work. Like, like what Mrs. Ezekiel said earlier, she said she's the kind of person that just likes to get her hands on things. Sometimes, you don't have to get, just make research and see how our lives can get better. Hallelujah. I hope we are here because the faces are am seen. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's open our Bibles to John 9 and verse 4. John 9 and verse 4. The book of John chapter 9 and verse 4. media me. thank you all right let's go this is jesus saying i must walk the walks of him that sent me while it is day the night comes when no man can walk even jesus walked how much more we i know there are times where you have work. some of us I, I i think it was at the old facility pastor mentioned this that some of us had work. You'll be streaming Netflix. God will forgive us in Jesus' name. God will forgive us in Jesus' name. <laughs> Some of us at work will be streaming Netflix. Some of us, that us, will be playing games. Especially like when we get one small free time. I'll just say, let me finish that movie that I was watching. I, I, God will forgive us. I me, mean, I used to tell myself, Susan, God will forgive you. Please, it is very important that we must do this work. Work must be a must for you. As a believer, it is important. You must choose like you should not um you should not be sad or angry when you're asked to do something. There's something they used to say in my language that um um ah, is Um bababa, or man A child that the father loves, mm-hmm. he, correct? correct Abi. Yes. And me, I've noticed that that. Is a child that the father loves will be giving work. and Any one to go and wash it, go and do this one, go and do that one, go and do this one. And if you, if you, for example, where we have a work, and you realize that there's only one person that they are always telling, do this, you do this. And it's, I said the workload is on the person. A discerned person would take that work with joy. But some people are. Ah, oh you. But you don't even know what God is preparing you for. That's the thing. You don't know what God is preparing you for. What is maybe all the work, work, work that you're doing in the office is to prepare you for a greater place. It's to prepare you for a greater place. And I pray we will not miss it in Jesus' name. The seventh one is make spirit inspired plans. Make spirit inspired plans. About 2 and verse 2, like we read earlier, write the vision and make it plain. Let's open our Bibles to Ephesians 1 17 and 18. Everybody in the Gateway Church is meant to know that as well. Ephesians 1 17 to 18. Let's read together. That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the state. Let's celebrate Jesus. So, when I joined the Gateway Church, I used to be like this. One leg in, one leg out, because I was just moving around Lagos then. Because I was not sure which church to go to, but I knew the Gateway Church. I heard the right thing the first time I was there. So during the lockdown, we had a program. It was an online prayer, and people would lead, would lead. We were always in the house, and Pastor would mention then that we should always read. The, the prayer we were doing then was Ephesians one seventeen and 18, that the Lord will open our eyes, the Lord will open our minds. Mrs. Ezekiel said something earlier that you still have to trust God to tell you what to do. You cannot just though some people get instincts on what to do next. Okay, there's something that happened to me recently. I just heard it that I should start a certain business. And I'm like, oh. that start the business in front of my compound. And I'm like, oh, okay, it's fine. But then I was still doubting that where do I get someone that's going to do this, do that. That week somebody just brought um, what's this banner? And they wrote it there. Do this, the exact thing that I wanted to do. Like, mm-mm. let me not lie. It's not that I wanted to. I heard it. I should do it. But it is well. We give God all the glory. So it is important for you to always pray about discernment, open eyes, seeing eyes. And the book of Proverbs said, "The seeing eyes and the hearing ears, the Lord made them both." Pastor has said it one time. He said. He can never be confused. You will just know what to do. Everything, there, there, there would always be an alignment. I remember, I think I prayed this scripture for, I think, a year. Yes, that was during the lockdown. I was constantly praying about Ephesians 1 17 and 18. And it is not too late to start it. Because when you start it, you see the results. If you don't see the result, come and meet me. I would let you know what you did wrong. Because it will work. The Spirit of God is meant to lead us on what to do. When pastors say, okay, everybody should write a vision, okay your goals for the rest of the year. no, not, not even that during the code read, I remember pastor saying, I expectation card you should pray, you should do it prayerfully. and truth be told. I was praying and I didn't I didn't hear anything. I didn't come I, I came to church with my expectation card, but it was empty. Because I've no aid and I don't want to write what I will not achieve before I start struggling to achieve something. Until I think probably code read day 2 or day 3 and then I heard it, I just wrote it down fast fast before I will forget. It is important that you put God first in everything. Whatever it is, God, what would you have me do? In the rest of this year. God would always help us with that plan. Hallelujah. I pray that the Lord will open our eyes and minds in Jesus' name. Amen. What are the basics of goal settings? The basics of goal setting. Your goal must be smart. That's an acronym. S stands for specific. M stands for measurable. A stands for achievable. R stands for realistic. And T stands for time bound. Hallelujah. The best way to know what goal to set is to set goals that are in alignment with your vision and what God is telling you to do. It is very important for us to work in alignment with God, God's purpose and plan for our lives. Or else somebody will just end up hustling. You'll just see that you end up doing so many things because you see that your friend, like in said, you see that your friend is doing makeup and she's also she's she's a makeup artist she's a photographer she's she's into fashion business she does bead making and there's this um saying that um jack of all trades something something hallelujah for that person she has the strength she can do it but for you what is god calling you to do And there's one thing I know. If God says you should do something and you stay on it, like God, you said I should do this and I'm on it. You can never get it wrong. It is not possible. Like, we really stay true to this thing. Okay, God, you called me to the fashion industry and I've chosen this. I am going by your will and plan. You will just see that God will tell us what to do. God is is going to be the one to tell you that, okay, this week, down to what you're going to post on Instagram down to what you're even going to post on instagram that's how that's how sweet our god is but it would only take the kind of relationship you have with god for you to experience things like that there are some people they are not sons and daughters of god some people they are just um what can i'm thinking of a category to put them they are just um All they do is just request, God, this morning, as I'm going out, I must not have accident. This, can you do this, do this, do this, do this, do this? That's the kind of person there. And God will answer the prayer. You will not have accident. You will go, you will come back, the interview results might not come out. And God can even say, okay, let me just channel you, the result will come out. But if you're working, if we are working in alignment with God's will, God will even tell us what to wear to the interview. I remember one day, first lady mentioned something about when, oh, it was when she was going to meet pastor, you know. So she was supposed to wear a certain dress, and the only spirit was telling her, go and change your dress. Go and change your dress. And then she finally changed the dress, and you know what happened. <laughs> so you two, us, like all of us, that interview that you want to go for, have even asked God. You know, it's so possible that God will even tell you the questions they are going to ask you. Like maybe i are just sleeping. Like me. For example, me, I get my revelations very early in the morning. So I don't need to stress. Once I once it's time like this, I just we or more rainbow, that speak, the other time is listening. Do you understand? So it might be that time, and you just pray and say, God, I'm listening, and God tells you, okay. Check this. Check this. Check this. This is what is going to happen. This is what they are going to ask you. And then you get there, and it's your time. Maybe, maybe it's a multiple interview. Because I've went, I've gone for some interviews, and they interview three people on the spot. <laughs> I was just looking. Oh, yeah, you say You say your So if you're in a situation like that, and they're asking, you just realize that you have answer to every question, and everybody is wondering like, ah, but this person knows the the interview interviewer. Okay. Or this person knows the interviewer or something. But it's just God. You and God. You have that connection. You have that relationship. daughter Father and daughter relationship. Father and son relationship. Hallelujah. Amen. One more thing. Don't make assumptions with your life. Don't make assumptions with your life. Many people have ignorantly shipwrecked their destinies because they made too many assumptions about the most important decisions of their life. Please, assumptions are very bad most times they are wrong most times honestly speaking most times they are wrong that's why me anything i don't know anything i will, I will still go back to god and say ah god what's up am i supposed to do this thing i i'm the one that is thinking it these are the questions i ask myself maybe i just feel like doing something i'll go in a place of prayer and then i'll ask god god is it you is it me Is it my friends? Is it WhatsApp status? Is it Instagram stories? Is it Reels? Like, I just try to look around to be sure that what I feel like I need to do is coming from God directly. And most people don't do it. Most people don't do it. And then they just see that they they, they just end up having to just, you do this one, you do this one, you do this one, you do this one, and it looks as if prayer is not answering. Well, prayer is answering for me. You can see the results. I don't need to... Say much. Hallelujah. Amen. Don't be distracted by other people's achievements. Their life is not your life. What God is telling them may not be what God is telling you. The fact that you have friends that have gone to Canada, they have jackpard, doesn't mean it's time for you to jackpard. What if when you now jackpard, you now on? <laughs> is it true? Because what God has planned for your life is different from what God has planned for my life. That is why it is important for us to work in alignment with God's purpose and plan for our lives. You can't do it alone. We can't do it. Tell your neighbor, you can't do it, can do it alone. You have to constantly ask God. God, am I in alignment with your will? God, am I doing the right thing? Down to our behaviors. Me, my mouth is sharp. God, we help you in Jesus' name.
0: <laughs> well,
1: thank you very much for, for saying amen. God will help me. Amen. Down to even our behaviors, God will tell you, Susan, where you are going to? Somebody will annoy you. Ah, that sister will annoy you. Just don't talk. And then, before you see, bam, the movie has started. You just get there. Somebody is just doing something that is irritating you. Me, I'm very impatient. Eh? So once I see that, the results, I'll just be angry. My body will be shaking like, what's going on here? I can not talk anyhow, you know. But we thank God for our lives. We thank God that God has been faithful to us. Down to our behaviors, down to the words that come out of our mouth. Let us ensure that on a daily and consistent basis, we always ask ourselves, am I in alignment with God's will and plan for my life? I remember there was one time, that is a short story i remember there was one time in my life i got involved with something or someone and then i realized that (laughs) things in my life just went it was kind of slow not that things were not happening it was kind of slow and then one thing happened i realized that pastor just drifted from me like this so i was on my own I would always be like, Susan, what's up? This thing's supposed, to, this ain't, this thing meant to have happened, blah blah blah, you know. And then one day, I just had this restlessness, and then I just went to Pastor. That Pastor, this thing, I'm done, blah blah blah. Pastor was like, Well, like Pastor would say, I think you should prayerfully think about it. What is Pastor trying to tell you? Don't... <laughs> <Though, laughs> Immediately, I told him, There's no need to think. Like, like the way I'm sitting here. No, there's no need to think. I have prayerfully thought about it and I have made my decision. And then I realized that after that decision that I made, the way things just started working for me, like, pa, 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 pa. I was just like, oh. So I think by the end of the month, year actually, so I just saw my goals for the year. And I was thinking, I'm like, oh, really? So I was able to trace it back. And then I realized that oh, that means that thing I did it by myself because then I was foolish. Foolishness is not an insult. So it is important that down to relationships, down to colleagues at work, there are certain people that God will personally lead us to them. God will say, Okay, that is if you have that kind of relationship with him, God will tell you, Sister Y, get close to Sisai. God is going to do something through you. It's it's either gonna happen through her to you or through you to the person. But because you don't like sister AY, you feel like she smiles too much, you're already doing Sister AY. I don't greet her. Why why is she? Who will we be at loss? you the one. Because if you are not doing it, God is gonna bring someone else that's going to do it. That's how it works. Just the same way God gave somebody else that idea he gave me, but it's fine. Hallelujah. Back to what I said earlier. It is very important for us to be in alignment with God's purpose and agenda for our lives. We, are, we even pray it in the Gateway Church that God opened my eyes, opened my mind, that I walk in alignment with your purpose and plan for my life. Do you know what it does? It's a stress free life. Because everything will just work together for our good. Because before the need arises, the supply is made available. Before you even think about it, before it becomes something you have to worry about, the solution is there. Before a problem comes up, the solution is there. And God is making way for you. And it's, it, it would always look to other people like, ah, is this person doing sham? You're not doing sham. It's God that I show you what to do. Hallelujah. Let's bow down our bow down heads as we pray this morning. This morning. This morning. This morning.